I'm going to tell you some true facts. And those true facts are going to make you want to vote Republican. But remember, if you give in to that instinct, then you're a racist. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. I'm thinking about the boilerplate language that journalists insert into their journalism to try and control the opinion of the reader, viewer, listener. And I want to call it like a parenthetical or a semicolon or a verbiage, but I haven't figured that part out. But I mentioned the other day that if someone writes an article saying murder is up 40% in New York City, they have to go semicolon, but it's not as high as it was in the early 90s. And basically what they mean there is, you know, here's some here's an interesting fact, and if you take this fact to influence you to vote Republican, then you're a racist. You know, caveat. There's another word for some of it. Like when I first started doing podcasts discussing transgender stuff, it'd be like, I'm going to talk about, I don't know, some man who wants to beat the shit out of a woman with his fists and call himself a woman while he does it. You know what I mean? Like in mixed martial arts. And so, and I discussed stuff like that. I used to throw in the caveat that you know, everyone should be allowed to live their authentic life. No one should be discriminated against. And I created myself an acronym to, like, represent it. I don't remember what it was, but it would be, you know, kind of like, ever be authentic life, nobody discriminated against to be A-A-L-N-D-A. So that would be Alnada. It would be like, let's talk about a transgender woman who impregnated another woman in women's prison. And remember, Alnada. And I guess what I was doing there, I was trying to soften it. I was trying to soften it. I was trying to say, I don't hate trans. You know, that's another thing. Got to say in there, you're not against trans people, blah, blah. And I think that's that's what the crime in the early 90s thing is. Is like, I'm, you know, I'm I'm a good person. I'm, you know, don't, don't hate me because I'm going to talk about crime for a second. I know it was high in the early 90s, just like every good person does. And then I listened to NPR, and they've got a phrase that they say all the freaking time which is the lie that the election was stolen and they say it a few different ways so it's not you know that long that seven word phrase that they constantly say i guess the word lie is the little parenthetical or boiler it's boilerplate it's like the opposite of a caveat right a caveat is i want to soften the thing that i'm doing here it's, they're like, I want to amplify the thing that I'm talking about here with the word lie. And so NPR, I don't, I would not be surprised if they had it in writing or something, or, you know, probably a memo. I mean, I, you know, it's not, uh, whatever. They wouldn't want to publicize it too much to show how, you know, hackery, how much hackery they do. But they can't say, like, Donald Trump said the election was stolen. They have to go, Donald Trump said the lie that the election was stolen. Makes me think, in a previous podcast, I talked about a game that I had heard of that you play with NPR. And what you do is you have some sort of, you listen to NPR when you wake up, and then the first time they mention race, you have to get out of bed. And I mean, it wouldn't be a fun game. It's not as interesting a game anymore, but you know, back in the second half of 2020 and the first half of 2021, you probably were going to be able to lay there and enjoy yourself for about three minutes, and then you'd have to get up. I mean, they'd be talking about an endangered animal, like a, you know, the endangered pelican. 
And oh, by the way, they live on an island that was taken away from the blacks in 1872. I know, I can't really think of good examples, but just they were able to turn every single story into a story about race. It was it was pretty amazing. I mean, I mean, they're getting paid. You know, they make good money. I think like the main hosts of All Things Considered Morning Edition make like a quarter million a year or something. So I'm sure you can hire a bunch of, you know, straight out of Harvard interns who will turn anything into race. Doesn't matter what. And they're, you know, they're smart cookies. I'm trying to think of the phrase that they use with global warming, but they like to throw in they like to throw in something about how global warming is real pretty much any time they talk about weather. I mean, and the whole thing is it's very obnoxious and very stupid. Uh, I mean, it's whatever. It's just meant to control the mind of the listener. But it's like, I'm aware that Donald Trump is, you know, some people think he's lying or it is a lie. I'm, I'm aware of all the perspectives about whether or not Donald Trump saying the election was stolen is a lie. Like, you don't have to tell me that it's a lie. I mean, I know that you think it's a lie. Hey, NPR, I know that you think it's a lie. <laughs> you don't have to say it every time. I mean, you know, they could start off every segment with the sky is blue. And then today in Afghanistan, it's like, yeah, we know that. Shut the fuck up. I don't know. This is a little bit of weak sauce example, but I guess man-made climate change. It's like everyone knows that you're talking about climate change is caused by fossil fuels, you know, and human beings. We know what you're talking about. You don't have to put in the words man-made in front of it so often. I don't know if they always do that, but they do that quite a bit. And I mean, like, I don't think the election was stolen, and I do believe in climate, man-made climate change, but it drives me up the frickin' wall to just have them keep needling. They're poking you. They're poking you with this stuff. It's like someone poking you in the chest, right? And are you going to hit them back or not? It makes me wonder if, like, people on the right have similar little phrases that they uh, constantly use. I don't know. I don't follow enough right-wing stuff to know. Let's talk about the right-wing media that I have been consuming, because it isn't zero. So there's a podcast called The Morning Wire, and I listen to that every morning without fail. It's like a 15-minute news roundup. Produced by The Daily Wire, which is uh, their right-wing. I think most of their stuff is much more right-wing, but the morning wire, it's almost straight down the middle, except when they talk about economics, in which case they are like, we need to cut taxes on the rich yesterday, and we need to do it hugely. I mean, it's kind of a shame, really. It's like, why why does right-wing stuff have to go along with screwing over the middle class to help the rich? But anyways, it does. That's why Republicans are not, you know, Republican politicians Whatever they're not, they're not good. They're not trying to help America. They're just trying to steal from the middle class and give to the rich. So when Democrats are screwing up like they are now, it gives you both sides are pieces of shit. And I've always listened to uh, a number of counter narrative black men who talk about politics or culture, but they're not really right wing. So I'm not going to include them. But here's the uh, here's the thing that has changed. I'd say in the last two weeks i've been watching tucker carlson off and on on youtube like i'm not sure if fox you know like fox news i guess has a channel on youtube and i don't think they put his whole um tv show on there but they put his opening monologue which is usually like 15 to 20 minutes long and so 
and really, I probably don't want to watch him interview anyone unless it's Kanye West going crazy about the Jews. Um, but so, anyways, I have a 15-minute monologue. I don't usually watch all of it, but, uh, you know, basically, I'll, ch I'll check it out for five minutes. Like, every every time, you know, or every every time that YouTube suggests it to me. I haven't gone and looked for it. But that means probably seven times in the past two weeks I've watched at least five minutes of his opening monologue. And I'm sure he must be, he must have been saying this stuff longer than I have been saying it on a podcast. Uh, although sometimes I wonder. But a lot of the stuff he said is just the same stuff I say. Just the exact same stuff I say. Like, I don't know, like he had, a, he had one the other day. It was just a ton of examples of people being anti-white, racist against whites. Which is, you know, one of my, one of the things I like to talk about. And he has a, you know, a TV staff who can go pull up all the documents and you put the documents on the screen and show the crazy stuff people are saying. I mean, I don't know if I've watched, you know, I probably, let's just say I, I might have watched the whole 15 minutes on that one. And I think some of the stuff he talks about, I don't agree with, or at least I think what he's saying is not entirely true. And, he, and he's trying to control your mind. Once again, he's trying to control your mind, trying to put spin on it to control you. And I just turn those off. I'm like, that ain't true, and I turn it off. That was something I used to do with NPR, is I would listen to NPR until they said something that I knew for a fact was false, and then I would turn off NPR, and it was like, back back in the George Floyd days, whatever, you could listen to, you know, a few minutes. It would take a few minutes for them to say something completely and utterly false. The stats would completely disprove it, and I'd turn it off. Wish I could remember the false things that Tucker likes to go on and about, but I can't remember what they are, but they exist. But generally, the stuff he says is just, like, completely true. It's... See, I didn't watch Hannity. I didn't watch other Fox stuff ten years ago or whatever. I think back then, it was just a bunch of, you know, false statements and misrepresentation of the facts and whatever. You know, lies. Call that media lies. The way that the media currently lies. I believe that Fox News used to be like that, although I didn't watch it, so maybe that's projection. Back when I was a good 2010 liberal. But I think now, you know, now that people, you know, Donald Trump drove people on the left crazy and made them become the people who oppose free speech and then become the people that are closer to fitting the definition of fascism than people on the right, etc. And now you can do a Tucker Carlson show or whatever and you can just speak the truth. Like you've got, you've, you've got an enemy who is doing bad stuff. And so you can attack your enemy with the truth, right? I mean, that's... Cable news is attacking your enemy. That's all it is. You attack your enemy, but if your enemy is doing something bad, you attack them with the truth. And if your enemy isn't doing something bad, then you have to attack them with lies. And you have to go back before cable news. But, you know, there was a time when racism in America, that meant white on black. Whites being racist against blacks. And obviously that happened, you know, a hundred years ago. Sure, they were racist against blacks. And then it kind of tapered off, tapered off, tapered off until about the year 2000 when, whatever, it went away. And then the bigger races, you know, from about, from about, I don't know the exact year, from about the year 2000, being racist against whites started increasing and became the larger racism. And as I, I've said before, this is, this is whites being racist against other whites. This is not black on white. But anyways, white-on-white -white racism, 
has been ticking up for the past 22 years. And, you know, now it's just the overwhelming majority of racism in the country now. And so, you know, if you oppose black on white racism, well, before the year 2000, you could use the truth. You could use the truth to attack your enemies because they were being bad. And then after the year 2000, you have to use lies because people aren't racist against blacks anymore. And now you got to use lies and call people racist when they're not racist. And I think the exact same thing has happened with sexism and homophobia. Yeah, it has. Like, I haven't thought about this much. I'm just thinking about it right now. But, you know, like, when did America switch from being more sexist against women into being more sexist against men? I don't know. I would say the year 2000 plus or minus 10 years. I mean, women are starting to be 6 out of 10 people who graduate from college. Um... Young women make more money out of college than the jobs that they get. I forget what it is. A woman doing the same job with the same experience, the same everything, I think she makes 97% of what a man makes. So, I mean, that's pretty damn close to 100. And it's probably going to be 100 and, you know, it'll be 101 here soon. And then women will be, women will be making more than men in the same job, working the same hours, etc. And the sexism one is weird. So, like... I don't know, let's just make up a year. Let's say 2005 is the year that sexism against men became greater than sexism against women. Well, you know, less than 20 years later, we got half of the high school girls in America saying that they're not a straight woman. Like, you know, the, the type of person that America has been treating poorly and then finally was treating equally, which is straight women, and now they're like, I don't want to be one, never mind. And that's a huge chunk of the population. Um, it's a much smaller chunk of the population, but it's much more famous. Is And then also now men want to be women. It's like women don't want to be women anymore. Straight women. But now men want to be straight women. Or sorry, some. A certain, certain chunk of men want to be straight women now. And, you know, and what that means is that those men want to have sex with other men. I'm not gay. I'm a woman. And so... That one, that's a, that's a quick turnaround, right? This is not like racism on a 300-year trajectory. This is, uh, and the woman thing on a 200-year trajectory, this gay stuff is like happening quick. So like, when did America become, they're against straight people more than they're against gay people? I mean, that one's a little trickier. It's more recent, I'll say that, and... You know, white people in power, when did they switch? Well, they switched probably 2010, 2015. Kind of when the Supreme Court made gay marriage illegal. That was, about the, that was about the time that the people who have actual power switched over and, I don't know, they supported gays. I don't know, you know, and they opposed straights. Not, no. It hasn't, the opposing of straights is much more recent, actually. So, I mean, that was a big data point. And then I think the, the hatred of straight people is probably, I mean, hell, that's just the last, I don't know, since Donald Trump got elected, that's probably about when it started. And that one's a little more complicated, really, because you got to break it down by demographics. Like, educated white people oppose straights more than gays. That's probably been going on for 20 years. But then, you know, working class black people, I think, still oppose gays, so... Exactly when there'll be a tipping point where you can say all of America agrees that straights are bad and gays are good. That may be a while. It's mixed in with blacks are good and whites are bad. And then, oh wait, you can't 
you know, you can't mix those. It's like oil and water. You can't mix the anti-straight with the pro-black without having a problem, etc. And Jews, forget about it. I think it actually whites became okay with Jews. Who knows when? The 80s. And now I think they're going the other direction. And I don't know how much Jew or how much blacks didn't like the Jews back in the day, but they really don't seem to like them now. And immigrants, that's another group. I think opinions are in flux. I mean, basically all this stuff is like the last 10, 20 years. So I would say, you know, today immigrant, an immigrant is a good person and a native-born American is a bad person, if you got to compare those two. But then it's like, what if the native-born person is black? And then, you know, the media is like, don't talk about that. That, that. that is never a comparison that should be made. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.